welcome to a magnificent moment episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> you know, we have so many things to say. Um, hello, this is We Only Look Thin. Hello. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I am also one of your hosts. And uh, we are here to talk about weight loss and fitness. Uh, Catherine and I uh, both used to weigh 100 plus more pounds than we do right now. Yep. And... Uh, we have an online weight loss and support group called Walt Place. And one of the things that uh, Catherine does in Walt Place is hold weekly, sometimes more than weekly Zooms. And uh, this is part two of one of those Zooms. Um, Catherine Sanders, who is an ADHD coach, um, did a presentation and a Q&A in Walt Place. And, you know, I don't think I have ADHD. I don't identify as somebody who even might have ADHD, but there's so much relatable content in this. And she says so many things that I think that, you know, were good reminders and wake up calls for me that I thought it would relate very well to everyone. And I believe Catherine thought as well. <laughs> I did too. Um, so this is part two of a three part series. If you have not listened to last week's episode, please go back and listen to episode 240. We introduce uh, Catherine and she talks about uh, recognizing ADHD, gives a lot of great uh, support and advice. And, uh, and she goes on further in this episode. Uh, to talk about neurodivergent brains, the Tower of Power, uh, and also those magnificent me moments, which is, ha yeah, I went back and I said that at the very beginning. You uh, sure did. So there's a lot of focus on self-care and um, how to hold yourself accountable without imposing impossible standards. Yes. So again, thank you to Catherine Sanders, uh, Wolt member and ADHD coach for sharing all of this valuable content. If you want more information on Catherine and her coaching services, you can head over to lightbulbadhd.com to find out more about Catherine and how she might be able to coach you with your ADHD. Yeah, and there's a link in the show notes to that as well. Uh, so check that out. Uh, but without any further ado, <laughs> um, here is the part two of the uh, Zoom conversation from Walt Place with Catherine Sanders. And uh, you won't hear from me again for about a half an hour. Enjoy. Can you, yeah. can you give an example? Because I definitely, that reframing of, I'll, you know, I'm just too frazzled. I'm just too this. I should be doing that. I should be doing that. Can you maybe give an example of uh, a story that you might start telling yourself and then something that might uh, be more helpful sort of uh, from your experience? Um. Okay. I think... Heather just popped something in the chat and I want to I want to briefly mention this. Um, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, action and result. Circumstances are not always neutral. And forgive me, but not everyone who says they're a life coach is a life coach. OK, some circumstances are definitely not neutral. If you are dealing with a traumatic experience it's or circumstance, it's not going to be neutral. So your response to it will be different. So um, I'm very uncomfortable with that model for that reason. In terms of reframing, it's really difficult because what I would have to do is have a conversation. But in terms of, let's say, 
um, let's say a client came to me and they said, oh, I'm having real problems with my husband. He just, um, he doesn't do things around the house. He never listens. He says he wants to help and then he never does anything. And during the course of the conversation and talking about the circumstances, which are, you know, that your husband's not doing what you expect him to do around the house, it turns out that actually your idea of what he needs to be doing is different from what he thinks he needs to be doing. Um, when he offers to help, your inner perfectionist steps up and says, no, it's fine. And there's a story that only you can do this type of work or only you can be this person. And so you say, no, it's fine, darling. And then you carry on with your story of resentment and feeling. Right. Well, and I, that's so fueled the first 40 some years of my life. No, I'll just do it. No, I'll just do it. My story was that I was a victim. Nobody worked harder than me. Nobody was more put upon. And I realized there were so many stories I was telling myself about my own victimhood. And when I changed that script to I'm responsible for my, what I tell people, I'm responsible for what I share. And I mean, the more introspection that I got and the more I understand my own processing and how long it takes me to understand my emotions, the more empowering that was because I wasn't just letting things come at me. If I tell Donald something is okay, it needs to be okay. For his world, he thinks, well, Catherine said it was fine. So it must be fine where I'm, you know, you know, revenge eating or plotting my divorce or whatever. Uh, Sorry, Donald. Um, It's important to be able to understand the role that you play in the relationships that you have. And that that empowerment of how can I what am I contributing to this and what patterns am I contributing to? I think is a is a big thing. Um, Heather also went on to say that she really appreciated saying that not mm-hmm. all circumstances are neutral. I think there's so much of that that's, you know, there are difficult, uh, non-robotic things that really impact us. Um, oh, I, I appreciate that, that perspective. Yeah, and very briefly, Heather, that model, um, it's a massive simplification of CBT, which is not a model that I trained in. So um, one of the slides that we're going to talk about is the Tower of Power. And that is a type of, it's it's something that I use myself and it's something that I use with clients a lot. And what we do is we start at the bottom and work our way up. Well, and so I, I, I think that that uh, Nike, just do it, sort of that like, well, here's the result, do the behavior. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not tearing apart other plans, but it's just sort of understanding that it's, all of this is so complicated. All of the factors, we're not managing our mental health, our weight loss, uh, our parenting, our finances in a vacuum. We are being impacted by so many things at once. That's like, the circumstances that there are 50 things happening at once in our brain. And especially with the neurodivergent brain, like you said, there's no conductor. So the circumstances are all acting upon one another. Um, But uh, all of this is about circumstances. If you're neurodivergent, you have all the circumstances all at once and every single one of them is equally as important. And as soon as you take your eye off that one, this one starts shouting. 
So it's like trying to declutter your house. You see everything all at once. It's not in isolation. Well, and I, I think Heather even said that modulating, like how mm-hmm. how do we, uh, you know, all all boats rise in the tide or whatever. It's how can you um, quiet those? So, all right, I'll be quiet. I know we're, uh, there's a lot to cover in this. So, I know, uh, sorry. Oh, no, no, not sorry at all. Hold on a second. Okay, I'll move over to the next. So your tower of power, do you want me to go to that, yeah. uh, the bigger version of this? Yeah, if you can go to the bigger version. Okay, so the Tower of Power is a model that we use in ARCA and it allows us to get a bigger picture but without being overwhelmed because so often when uh, coaches ask clients a big open-ended question, our brain just shuts down because we suddenly have 50 answers all at once and we can't get them all out because we only have one mouth. So the um the tower of power let let me just try to and the the main thing i would say yeah (laughs) we start conversation and i start each day with the question at the bottom which is is there a thought or belief that is holding me captive right now that is holding my intention what has got what's holding me hostage and this week it has been i am too tired to eat healthily doesn't make any sense but that's the thought that's been in my way this week and so once we've identified that we look at the physical foundation and your physical foundation has to be you have to be working on it you're not going to have all your ducks in a row but you have to have it sort of you know almost um organized are you sleeping are you eating well are you getting outside are you taking your meds Notice that igniting your brain with fun and play is in there. Fun and play are not optional for the ADHD brain. If you don't have fun in your life, you're going to feel anxious and sad because your brain needs that. So please try to think of what makes you feel fun, um, what what gives you that good energy. Um, And then we go up the scale and we think about our feelings. Are we feeling grateful? Are we connecting in a way that serves us? Um, Do we feel safe? If we don't feel safe, then of course we're not going to feel good. And it's not about, it's not like a computer game where you have to tick all these boxes before you go up a level. It's a tool to help you identify where your gaps are, what you might want to work on this week. You know, prompts, are they working and sparkleized? So I have prompts all over the place. I have things stuck on the wall. I have prompts on my phone I have stickies on my desktop and it doesn't matter if they stop working I have to sparkleize them and move them around and and remake them well and I think that's sort of like the snow globe you know like because in different circumstances different things catch my attention sometimes I need a printed habit tracker sometimes I need a digital version sometimes I just need to pull away from it sometimes I need stickers accountability and knowing that perhaps there might not be a single path. Maybe there's someone in the group or someone in on their weight loss journey who is not neurodiverse, who is able to take a straight shot to, you know, a finish line, but knowing that we can use different tools at different times, depending on where we are, I think has been 
it's not the the plan that works. It's me figuring out how I can work around my own needs, where I am mentally managing anxiety, depression, family stressors, and knowing what tools I can uh, sparkleize, like I said, new favorite word. Um, I think that that's a really important thing to know that we have options. It's not, well, I failed because I can't do Weight Watchers. I failed because I hate tracking. Okay, let's switch up the what we're using. Let's switch up our tools. Uh, knowing that we're not beholden to one it takes more effort, it sounds like, for the neurodivergent brain to kind of know what resources you have. But um, but it's also a good thing to know, like, oh, okay, it's not it's not this one thing. It's not, I'm not compliant to Weight Watchers. How can I yeah. modify this to better suit my needs? But right, be quiet again. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we could spend ages on the Tower of Power, but the other two things that you can work on yourself... Uh, in fact, there are three things. The The next slide talks about three things. Um, so the first, the first thing I ask people to do is go and take the VIA character strengths test. It's just VIA. And it's a free character test, which looks at your strengths, because we spend so much time focusing on what doesn't work, where we are failing. You know, we don't have self-discipline, we don't have great focus, all these other challenges that we come up against. But the VIA character strengths will help you identify the things that you are naturally very good at. So there we go, next one. So go to the VIA character strengths test. And when you learn what your strengths are, and you use them along with your talents and what you like, you are going to be in what they call the power zone. Um, but it basically means you're using all the best tools that work for your particular life. The next tool um, we ask people to do is a rainbow list. Again, I apologize for the name. I can't think of anything else. But basically, um, it's a, a tool to help you sit down and work on um, <laughs> work on the moments that spark joy for, for Marie Kondo, and it took me it took me six months to start on this because I just couldn't get my head around it. I don't know if that's the autistic part of me, um, but basically anything that makes you feel right. It could be your first coffee in the morning before anybody else gets up. It could be a moment when you're standing on a beach looking at. Uh, the sea. Um, my coach ended up quoting Shakespeare and he said, um, happily I think on thee, and then my state like the to the lark at the break of day arising from southern earth sings hymns at heaven's gate. So it's that moment when you have a thought and your state of being changes. So just write down a list of all those moments and every time one happens, stick it in your your notebook or your list that's your rainbow moment well and one thing that I do can everyone see the slide I just wanted to make sure that it's actually showing up so one of the things that I actually did which is sort of similar is a because I realized we I can so easily focus on the negative like you said so many people go to those undervaluing the things that are going well not celebrating successes and for me that rainbow list I actually came up with a five senses list what, mm-hmm. what sounds make me happy? 
what sites make me happy, like going for a walk in a botanical garden, you know, uh, fresh air, listening to music, things that lift me up. And I don't know if it ties in exactly to this, but just sort of thinking about what textures make me feel good, whether it's something cozy or soft or breezy or whatever, and exploring that because I think so often we're going through our lives not thinking about what sparks joy. (laughs) We're just like, okay, I've got to get this done. I don't have time. I don't have time. But taking a moment to pause to remember sort of the uh, Julie Andrews, these are a few of my favorite things. For me, it reminds me like who I am as a person outside of motherhood or sisterhood or daughterhood or caring for others and just knowing what makes me feel like most like myself and most connected to myself. Yeah, and I think that's crucial. It's so much of the work we do is about connecting, reconnecting to who you are, what your values are, what your dreams are, and who you are underneath the ADHD challenges that until now you've been dealing with unsupported. Um, And the same kind of thing, again, for the Magnificent Me moments, and that's more about thinking about a moment when you have done so well you just felt incredible it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter what's happening it's when you felt amazing and we want you to write down everything about it give it a name give it a title like you're writing a film synopsis and talk about how you feel what you can see who's with you what you can smell that five senses thing so that you can step into that moment when you're feeling just absolutely done, you step back into that magnificent me moment and you should feel your your being, your energy changing. So those are kind of three of the basic tools that we would use um, as the need arises. Because the thing about um, ADHD coaching is there's no way for me to standardize it or if I did standardize it and do a group program I think it would it wouldn't be as effective as individual work because each person has a different kit that comes with them and they all need their own set of tools um so I don't know if you want to get to the questions Catherine just because I'm aware and and I want to be um I know how uh, much energy it takes to talk for an hour and how much, oh, no. uh, I know I've, I've gone through two glasses of water, uh, myself. Um, so these are some of the questions that were posed. I know, I don't, you know, this could be uh, a whole other hour. So Catherine, I want to be sensitive to your time. And if anyone needs to, uh, leave, we'll be recording this as well. So don't feel obligated to stay on the line. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Catherine, why don't you go ahead and, uh, whatever you feel comfortable at answering, uh, let's, let's see what we can do. So I've written out the answers and I'm going to read what I've written because I think these, um, I'm so, I'm so honored by you asking these questions and I want to give some the due weight and consideration that you deserve. Um, so the first one is, I'd love to know more of what you think when you're at optimal functioning, I have an anxiety disorder that I think is managed well. However, how do you know when that's just part of your personality or your meds need adjusting? Um, medication is outside of coaching, um, but I would suggest you track how you feel at the end of each day 
you develop your awareness and get an overall picture of what's going on for you. See if there are any patterns to when you feel your anxiety arising. How is it showing up for you? And is it holding you back from living your best life? Because that's what coaching is about, helping you to live your best life. If it's causing emotional or physical problems, then I would go back to your, your physician. But ADHDers and autistics experience anxiety at a higher than normal neurotype level. Um, and that's just partly living in a non-neurodivergent world. You know, there's a limit to um, how much we can process on a day-to-day -day basis. So it could just be part of the neurodivergent spectrum. But the challenge for you is to recognize when it's impacting on your daily life in a negative way and taking action before it goes too far. Well, so and I'm I, I, your think, about that. I think too, as women, uh, I take on so much and just mm -hmm. think, well, I know what's wrong, so I don't need help. Like I know life is stressful, so I, I don't have time to care about myself. Like so many things mm -hmm. are happening. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And mm -hmm. I just keep pushing it down the road. And I've found for myself in the last few months that this has been, this is one of those canaries. We did that canary in a coal mine episode. Yeah. What signals do I see in myself that I know mean lack of self-care? Is it not showering? Is it not sharing my needs? Is it, you know, my needs don't matter. You know, this isn't the time to uh, tell anyone how I'm feeling. All of those regressions are big oh. red flags for me of like, oh, this is not a good position. And guess what? I'm up on the scale because I've reverted back to coping mechanisms like just eating my feelings, not going for walks, not focusing on those five senses that I was talking about. Um, so I think for, you know, and again, generally speaking, we tend to do that. You know, I'll just give everything of myself until I'm just a stump, you know, with nothing else to give. Um, so practicing that self-care and using as many tools as we can, whether it's your physician, a therapist, a coach, to make sure you're getting what you need. Because we carry so much on our shoulders. Catherine, I know you do. You know, so many people on the call manage so much. And it, I mean, the weight on our shoulders, literally the weight on my hips is carrying mm -hmm. that load of all of the emotions that I'm trying to manage and all of the chaos. Um, so it is so important for us to care for ourselves as we age because no one's carrying us. We're carrying so much. So I'll, that's my soapbox. Okay. And then we had, um, how do I find the balance between giving myself grace as a neurodivergent and not making excuses for myself? And I want to give that person a big giant hug without touching them because I know that that is the last thing you need. Um, all of the things you just listed are hard for neurodivergent people. Uh, and I hope that having uh, an understanding of executive function, a very brief one, gives you an insight into why it's hard. It's this saying this is hard work isn't an excuse. Um, none of the things we have to do are inherently interesting or rewarding. They are boring, but necessary. That's why they feel hard. Um, you can try and make it sparkly. You can try and make it worthwhile. But sometimes 
we just end up relying on stress and deadlines to activate us and to get things done. Um, the thing that came really clearly from your question was looking at your support team, assessing your energy balance and thinking out about your boundaries and your needs. Because what I suspect is happening is, as Catherine just said, you're relying on your own strengths and they are becoming exhausted. You probe If you haven't done the VIA character strengths, do the assessment, see what comes up, and you'll be able to recognise when you're relying on them too hard or you're having to use strengths that aren't in your natural, you know, the things that naturally make you feel good. And if you're not using them, it's going to be uphill. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it is just really, really it is really hard and it's not a weakness. I really, that's such a, that's such a hard word. Um, well, and I, I think going back to your original, the scripts that you're writing for yourself, what are you telling yourself? And then reframing it is mm. there are so many times and I, you know, I know who asked the, the question and I, I know some background is that we hold ourselves to these standards of what is a good mother what is a good partner? What is a good teacher? And it's these, you know, so unrealistic. And unless we hit that perfection of, you know, the what a perfect mother does, what, you know, a good mother makes sure that a child has all their vegetables and can speak seven languages and is polite and does all their chores and does what. And I feel personally, and this is something I've really struggled with this last week, is my worth to what my daughter's opinion is of me, which is not very good right now. And, you know, uh, it is so hard to let go of a good mother does this a good, you know, by my age, I should have accomplished this. I should be living in this kind of house. I should have this much in savings. I should, you know, have this figured out. And all of those shoulds are just more pressure on our shoulders and more weight that we carry. And I know this is a huge one for me and it is, it can be crippling. Mm. Hold yourself to this no white after labor day. You know, it's, I, I think I call it also like the Goldilocks effect. There is some arbiter in the world, some person, you know, on high on a throne, too hot, too cold, just right. What's the perfect mother? What's the perfect size salad? Oh, could you eat that whole salad? What is that? Oh, well, a good mother. And I know I do that. There's There are people in my life who have stopped me from doing anything because my brother says that if you don't eat the green smoothie, you're a garbage person. Okay, so I don't need a, I don't need a green smoothie. I'm a garbage person. So why bother? And letting go of those scripts, those limiting beliefs that other people have just well-intentioned people have put on us for decades. My, you know, someone telling me if if you don't figure it out by age 23, your body's basically shot. That was ill-informed and unhelpful. Mm -hmm. And the more I can fill myself up with what fills me up, what is inspiring, what is is helpful, necessary, and just loads me up, not guilt, not, oh gosh, I, I'm not a good whatever, but we deserve to be filled up. And filling our batteries, having more tunes for ourselves, and rejecting those people who might be well-intentioned, but 
it's not helpful. Green smoothies go away. Like, and I know, okay, I'm going, I'm going on a different course, but we all deserve space to figure out who we are and what we need for this season in our life. And, and, and to let go of all of the shoulds where we think we should be and just start focusing on what we can control and who we are and what our values are, whether it's different from somebody else's, it's okay. And the more we can do that for ourselves, the more spoons we have to give to those we love because we're being kinder to ourselves. And that's a much better position to be in than to be berating ourselves for what we think we lack. Because uh, the people who love us, love us for who we are, not like all of the absence, the negative things who we aren't. And I will be quiet and make no one to the next question. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things you mentioned there was the, the stories other people have told us. I want you to imagine that your mind is like a house and there is writing on the walls inside the house. But because you live in that house, you don't know what the writing says. So one of one of the jobs of a, a therapist or a coach or a good friend, somebody you trust, is to help you hold a mirror up and look at that writing and say, is that true? Is that really true for me? Is it helpful? Where did I get that belief from? Where do we get these beliefs that hold us back? And can I let them go? You can bless them and let them go. You don't need to hang on to them. They're not going to serve you to just move well, on. A, um, a book uh, by Dr. Shad Holmstetter, we had talked about it once, uh, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, made that similar analogy of you've inherited a home. You've inherited other furniture. And it might have served that family at that time. But as you're trying to make the home your own and you've got, you know, an old TV cabinet and old furniture that is uncomfortable and you're trying to make the space your own, you have the opportunity to throw out the old furniture, the old thoughts, the old beliefs, the old wallpaper, the old writing on the wall and paint over that with new. But just understanding that it's like, just because this was my grandparents' rocking chair doesn't mean that it's right for me. And letting go of that and forgiving the people around us, well-intentioned, who just didn't know better. And I have to watch that with myself, with our daughter, too, about saying things that were said to me. Just oh, because yeah. it's, 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 it's inherited generation by generation. And realizing it's okay to get rid of that stuff, that Marie Kondo thank you for your service. Goodbye. That's not the, the space that I'm creating for myself. Um, so, yeah. so thank you for, for acknowledging that. So this concludes part two of our three-part series with Catherine Sanders of lightbulbadhd.com coaching. Uh, she gave some really great information on not only just what ADHD is, but sort of how to use it and how to modify your behaviors to better serve your neurodivergent brain and i think that you know once again um even if you do not have adhd or don't even suspect that you might have adhd there's there's so many things in here that are worth remembering like those those moments of um magnificent me moments that she talks about of 
really remembering that you are a grown up who's yeah. capable of hard things and you can do these things because I, I you know I spent so much of my life just saying like well I just can't do this yeah. like I oh it's too hard for me like there's something different about me like I can't do it and then it turned out I could do it yeah um and you know it was adjusting my mindset that was one of the big the big keys to it yeah and I think too focusing and I mean we talk about it all the time about you can't hate yourself thin or you can't hate yourself fit and really finding ways to be positive and supportive of yourself really does matter in this journey beating ourselves up for what we're not doesn't help but rather using our uh, skills and mindset and growth mindset to reframe our setbacks really does matter so again thank you to Catherine sanders for uh, sharing her insights next week we will go into part three which is actually a bunch of uh, question and answers from uh, the Walt Place members to Catherine about how to manage specific issues. So I think this is a really good uh, extra bonus feature. So you'll find out more about that in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, all of our episodes are available wherever you found this and almost all places where podcasts are and also at our website, weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can head over to the link that says join our support group to find out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place, our weight loss accountability group based on Facebook for women. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a place for accountability, fellowship, and really candid sharing about struggles in weight loss uh, throughout the years. So we have two subscription options, a monthly option, with a three-day complimentary trial and a seven-day complimentary trial with a three-month subscription. So you can find out more there. Absolutely. And you can also interact with us on social media. We are at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we still have a rickety old Victrola-esque email <laughs> address that you can use to contact us. We only look thin at gmail.com. Please send us episode suggestions. Please send us compliments. Please send us even more compliments. <laughs> and then when you're done complimenting us, you can send us some more compliments. Um, and also you can ask us questions and uh, we will uh, do our best to answer. Uh, we only look thin at gmail.com. Yep. And once again, Catherine Sanders can be reached at lightbulb adhd.com and i'll have a link to that in the show notes as well yep and if you have an extra spare couple of minutes if you could head over to apple podcast and leave us a rating and a review not only does it help others find inspirational podcasts with two catherines uh just yeah. like ours uh, but it also helps us know that we're making a difference Yes, it does. And what also makes a difference is telling people about the show. Uh, word of mouth is one of the best ways that the show grows. If uh, somebody you know hears it from you that uh, this is a good podcast, they are likely to check it out themselves. So please tell somebody about the show if you know someone who might enjoy us. Yep. And if you are still confused about which Catherine, Catherine with a K or a C, is more inspirational, just remember <laughs> that Donald and Catherine and me, Catherine, are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. 
you should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.